Hey guys, what's going on? This is Cal. And this is John. <laughs> it's Daddy Man. So we got Daddy a, Man. Got a special episode of Word to the Blur. This is episode 20. Uh, Tucson couldn't join us right now. He's off doing some other things. So he asked me to fill in for him. Yeah, so we got we got Papa John back on today's episode, and it's going to be a good one. Papa John, it sounds like the pizza guy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank you. How, how are you doing, Pop? I'm doing all right. I was a little under the weather, but uh, I wish the weather stays one way or the other. Yeah, it's it's been switching back and forth. I think they're talking about maybe like 53 this week or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, Yesterday, today it was uh, 45, rain, cold. So if you're going to be winter, be winter. Don't tease. <laughs> just just a shout out for all y'all. You know, take your vitamin D pills and drink your water and all that stuff. And but, a shot of rum and tea isn't too bad either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's let's get into it. Uh, uh, I want to know what's, uh, what's catching your eye, Pop. What have you been watching lately? You mean in terms of TV? In terms of TV, movies, um, like sci-fi or comic book related. What's, what, are you, what are you checking out right now? Okay, without oh wow, that's that's kind of a broad. I've been into Superman um, action, the whole Leviathan um, thing that that they're doing that uh, Bendis has done. I like what he did in terms of tying in the Manhunter. Um, Manhunter, for people who don't know, is Paul Kirk. Paul Kirk is a Golden Age comic book. He was a hunter. He decides that he doesn't want to be a hunter any longer, and he turns his hunting skills to be a hunter of criminals. He was Manhunter. I like how they tied in the Manhunter with the Guardians um, from Oa with the Green Lanterns to the Manhunter mm-hmm. with Paul Kirk to the Manhunter. There was another Manhunter called, uh, who, who it turns out to be Leviathan, Mark Shaw. And then Mark Shaw passed it on to Kate, Kate Spence, who was the last Manhunter. So I like how they combined Golden Age with Bronze Age it, it, it was good. Okay. It was really good. And I like how they just wiped out all of the um, secret intelligent organizations from DOE to, um, what's the other one? Amanda Wallace stuff. It, it was really a good read. I enjoyed that. Um, <clears throat> kind of sort of getting into, I always liked Tom King, but I'm I'm following the city of, of, of Bane. I think that's pretty good. Um, I'm waiting for the last issue of the Doomsday Clock. I enjoyed how Jeff John kind of made it feel like Alan Moorish in terms of bringing the uh, not Martian Manhunter, um, Doctor Manhattan in and tying into the button. It's Mm. really been a a very good read for me. Have you seen the Watchmen show yet? No, I haven't. Every time that I get into it, um, I haven't had the right temperament. You know, I I feel what the Watchmen from what I saw in the beginning. You have to have the right temperament. I kind of, I just remember the opening scene of going back to Tulsa, Oklahoma in the 1921s and dealing with the black soldiers who were coming home. And you had the white, um, the the white, not white settlers, citizens attacking blacks, the children. And that was a powerful moment then. And it was a powerful moment to start um, a TV program. What, so what what else are you watching? What, what's, um, what's I just finally caught up on um, my Teen Titans, but I really, really enjoyed the Swamp Thing. Swamp it took thing me a great. while to watch it. R.I.P. Um, Swamp Thing. <laughs> For all the Swamp Thing fans I, I, I think there. they did an excellent job because Swamp Thing is, is a difficult comic to write mm-hmm. because it's it's a very, um, 
mystic comic. It's like um, John Constantine in Hellblazer. So it's like dealing with mysticism in a sense, but the mysticism is the green and how they tied it all together and made it interesting. It's interesting that they made Woodrow in the comic books. He's like a little punk, excuse my language, a little pussy. But in, in, in the TV program, they were something, um, he's combative. He's a warrior. What was very interesting. I, I, I enjoyed that. And I think we should do a writing campaign. Save Swamp Thing. Save Swamp Thing. Yeah. Really, and you saw the after credit scene with uh, yeah, after credit Floronic, scene. man. It looked really good. Right. So I, I'm like, okay, why are you teasing us with that? Um, so, but you said you said you, you caught up on Titans? Yeah, I, I'm not Where? all the way. I think I'm maybe heading into episode three. So I don't know. That's that's not real catch up okay. for me. But it, it's enough. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there, and it's just finding what interests you. Um, trying to think anything else that, that I'm reading. I do read some image books, but um, Copperhead. Shout out to Copperhead. That's a good series. It's like the Midwest in space, mom, sheriff in this frontier town on this planet. And it, it, it's, it's interesting, the, the um, Terrans or Earth people humans dealing with um the citizens of the planet and also space citizens mm -hmm. um i got into star wars i tend to i thought star wars was good um i just got into it for enjoyment i didn't get into reading jesus christ and all that other stuff it was a good good entertainment i think people weren't really that were caught off by um luke's because it was almost like he reached a certain attainment that he didn't physically have to go there, but spiritually he was there. I, I thought that aspect was was uh, interesting. I want to I want to go back because something you said. You said there's a a whole lot of stuff. Like there's a whole overflow of things. So I think one of my questions was what's what are your thoughts on all this overflow of comic book adaptations? Like you know everyone's buying up all these comic book IPs so they can turn it into TV shows and movies. You know what? what how are your thoughts on that? Um, I just feel, wow. I, I think people stopped creating comic books. I think people are creating comic books based on movies. Um, like I, do you do you feel like they're creating them to hopefully get movies made out of? Is like, is that? Well, what I mean, thinking? there are some people. So you're going to have the more successful writers, like um, Tom King, um, Jeff Johns, who are going to who have created a following in comic books. That will get you know, but I I think initially you just need to write good comic books. But uh, here's another co I have to give a shout out to. It's Titan, which is a British comic book. It's called Blade Runner twenty twenty nineteen Blade Runner, mm -hmm. and it's an excellent comic book. It ties in the myth of the Terrell Corporation and creating androids. This detective is hired to buy uh, another corporation's CEO to find his family. And then when she does, you turn out that the android or the family he's looking for, the wife is a, uh, is a replicant and is his real daughter. But he had promised to sell his daughter to Terrell, but you're not really sure why. If he continued to create um, a replicas of his wife. So this last replica buys into her daughter so he takes she it takes 
takes the gentleman's daughter and they go underground. So it's like an underground railroad for replicants and uh, interesting read. Mm. I would oh. recommend it. It's coming out this Wednesday in a trade paperback issues one through four. Okay. Okay. Now, how I want I was curious how far along are you in Titans? Like, what, um, what's the last I, I, episode? I want to say three. Okay. I want to say where Doctor Light. Uh, it was past where Robin says, "The Titans back, bitches." Oh yeah. You know, and then uh, <laughs> that was the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, I, I'm where um, Corey is with the guard who comes back from Tamara or whatever, whatever the organization, whatever the plan's name is. And they're having dinner and they're bantering a back and forth and about you being the queen and them knocking boots in the past. Uh, mm. So that that's where I'm at. Okay. Okay. And I know in terms of movies, it kind of takes you a while to see movies. What was like the last kind of sci-fi comic book movie you saw? Oof. I think you were still in diapers. <laughs> no, like I, like I, in I, theaters I or watched on your I, phone I, or whatever. No, I, I haven't. Oh, shit. I well, we, we were talking about The Last Jedi. Okay, that was the last one. I saw it, but that was free. Yeah, no, I I'm saw not, that like, you don't have to like pay for it, but I'm just talking about in general. Um, Probably Netflix. Um, Oh, sh- I can't even think, to be honest with you. Well, what did you what did you think about The Last Jedi? As I mentioned, I thought it was good. I, <clears throat> I By seeing it so late, I avoided all the hype and the speculation and just sat down and watched the movie mm-hmm. for what for his, his value. I didn't read too deeply. I kind of like how Luke went out, as I explained before. I think he reached a certain attainment, and I think that's what people are. To me, it spoke about faith and having enough faith where um, you're just at peace with things that you do and decisions that you make. And I, to me, that, that may be the true force. Mm. But I think people wanted to see him come and fight and all that. I I fucking, I wanted all of that. Did you really? I came into that movie expecting that. And then that moment when he threw the lightsaber that Ray gave him, I was like, what the fuck? No, bro. You're supposed to take that shit and hop on the saddle and go back into, into battle, man. People need you. So it was, it definitely, what the movie did really like subverted your expectations. It really kind of said, oh, you think this is going to happen? And then it takes it completely different term well, I, I mean when you think about it there was a completely different term when obi-wan fought um darth vader mm. or a- anakin you know that was the whole thing and now he was kind of sad you know i you, you were supposed to be the one the chosen and it one wasn't. Yeah. and here his nephew was supposed to be the one i think he was also saddened that this was a family member you know and it's always i think as parents as relatives if we're close to our, our, our children, nieces, nephews, or cousins, and they stray a little bit, we always feel, what could I have done more? Mm. So I, I think that's a natural. Now, I know this. I know you saw Justice League. And did you also know that it's been two years since Justice League came out? No. And people are still talking about the Schneider Cut? Have you been hearing about yeah, that? Yeah, I've been following that, the Schneider now, Cut. Yeah, so this, literally yesterday... I think has made two years since Justice League came out and all the director and all the stars tweeting about release the Schneider cut. Everyone's been talking about it and it seems like it's been gaining some serious momentum. I was wondering, do you think it would behoove one of others to release it or should they just, just stay on course on what they're doing now? No, I think they should release it. I think it, it'll bring them a payday. I think it'll bring a lot of people in and say, wow, that was a good movie because I, I think, um, 
Oh God, Wheaton really. What's it? Uh, Josh Wheaton. Josh Wheaton. Wheaton did a real fucked up job with it. Um, first of all, um, Steppenwolf is a minor character. I am pleased that I, I grew up to read the New Gods, the Miracles when Jack Kirby did it. So Steppenwolf was always a side piece, a jump off. You should have had. Um, um, Dark Side is the main character, I think. And then, as I, I think I have mentioned to you, I don't know if I mentioned to you or Toussaint, but I think DC tried to make a Marvel movie. I think DC is good in its reality and reality base of their movies, their co comic book movies. I think if you look at Joker, that was a true indication of billion dollars. Yeah. And there's no character. Because I, when I first heard about it, I said, get out of here. It's not. Yeah. But I, that's a movie I haven't it's, seen yet. It's, I was talking about this last episode with Two Science, the most profitable comic book movie of all time, because they made it for less than $70 million and made a billion dollars off of it. You. So you. whereas something, if you pay, like, I don't know, maybe like $300 million <laughs> for an Avengers movie, and you get back, I don't know, a billion, two billion, you, and then you, but you also spend hundreds of millions on marketing. You kind of sometimes you kind of break even or whatever. But like with Joker to them, I mean, like sixty million dollars is nothing, and you make a billion dollars off of it. Right. It's I don't crazy. think people expect it. Yeah. But um, that's what I felt where Disney's strength is. I think if you look at the Batman, I mean, DC? the Dark Knight. You know, I'm I'm sorry. That's what DC's strength is. You know, when you look at the Dark Knight trilogy, I mean. I, you can argue the one where was a Batman Rises, a Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight yeah. Rises. You can argue eh, that was all right, but I think if you look at them together, I had a chance on cable. The excellent movie is very realistic. What Batman does, you can see, but what they said is, uh oh, we got to make a Batman movie, and I think you need to stay with your strength, as you guys say. They should have stayed in their lane, and realism and and, and their yeah. characters were. Yeah, I think what they tried to do, which was they tried to make, like you said, they turned Justice League into a Marvel movie, and it just didn't work. Like if if you watch all the DC movies and watch Justice League, Justice League just feels like that one movie that doesn't fit. Like at least you go watch Man of Steel, go to BVS, and then go to Wonder Woman, and, and kind of, and even Suicide Squad, and kind of feel like it's kind of the same thing, kind of the same thing. And you know, like I think they need to do the shift gradually. I don't think they're trying to like necessarily be Marvel, but I think with Justice League they kind of tried to go full on Marvel. But I think Shazam, they made Shazam perfect for what it was, you know, because obviously Shazam's not gonna have the same tone as like a Batman movie or Suicide Squad movie. But I think I think they're starting to get their foot and starting to figure it out. You know? I thought I enjoyed just Shazam. Shazam was really um, good. I uh, dated myself. I remember Captain Marvel uh, and getting reprints of those. I didn't read the original one, but I read mm -hmm. the reprints. You know, um, I remember when DC bought. Um, the rights to Captain Marvel. I remember the comic book cover where Superman is introduced. I think I have it somewhere in the house. Well, um, I, I remember that. That was good. It, it was the tone. Um, Suicide Squad, they could have had a better villain. I thought it was a little weak. I, threw, I think Suicide Squad, in light of the other movies, Superman versus Batman was a better movie, but I think the story could have been better. Yeah, I think if they would have taken out the whole supernatural enchantress kind of thing and maybe right. had like a grounded villain, like maybe they go up against Deathstroke or something or something, you know, I mean, or so, something like that, like a grounded realistic villain, I think it would have did better because it kind of makes no sense for you to recruit the Suicide Squad to take on like a sorceress or whatever. So that was kind of well, that that is true because when you read the comic books. 
of Suicide Squad. Um, <clears throat> the 52 version, the current version, the, um, <clears throat> there's a comic called, used to be an anthology called The Bold and the Brave, where they would match different hero teams. And if you go back to The Bold and the Braves, I want to say in the early 60s, like 62, 63, Suicide Squad was always that group that went in. Their heroes were, I mean heroes, their villains were more grounded. I don't think this was a good villain. I think the concept is good. I think, um, what's her name? Um, Viola Davis was a good Amanda Waller. But no, the concept wasn't good. I mean, not the concept. The, the, the villain wasn't good. And in order for a movie to be good, you have to have a good villain. Mm. I feel that. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's true. The whole thing starts with the villain. Because if you have a weak villain, it doesn't really measure up. Which is why I kind of think Man of Steel is one of my favorite DC movies. Because I really love how they depicted Zod in that movie. You know, he had a reason for doing what he, what he was doing. He wasn't just trying to take over the world. He was trying to restart his his race you know he was born and bred to be a uh a soldier for krypton and to carry on krypton and he felt i mean in the beginning of the movie, he felt like krypton was kind of corrupt in terms of the politics and everything like that and he said we you know we, we could really start anew and really build something beautiful but we'll have to do it on the bones and the backbone of of, of human beings but I don't know, I I think it was a very complex villain. I think probably my favorite DC villain they've had on film. I I enjoyed Man of Steel. I think a lot of people didn't like it because they expect Superman to be a ray of sunshine as opposed to Batman, which isn't. Um, I I think it was a a real adult movie, mm-hmm. and I didn't even I have to be honest. I didn't see those themes. I just saw him as the villain. But when you explained it, yeah, okay, I could kind of see that. You know, it yeah, because even when he talks about, like, how he had to kill Jarrell, he's like, you know, like, I didn't want to do it. It's something I regret. But, you know, to get my mission done, I'll do it. But I, I, I don't necessarily want to. And, like, I remember, uh, rest in peace to the great John Schnepp, but he was talking about Man of Steel, and he was saying, you know, people were all mad about the destruction and everything and how Superman didn't seem to really save anybody. But John Schnepp was saying that it's, like, it's Superman day one. You know, it's literally his first day on the job. These aliens come and he has to figure, okay, like, what the fuck am I going to do? Okay, I got to I gotta act. I got to throw this suit on and do my best. You know what I mean? That is it true. wasn't like he had the training or he had, like, the time to really get all of that acquainted with, you know, his new persona, you know? So, it's, uh, and I always, I always felt like, oh, that makes sense. So, I always kind of said, you know, it was really Superman day one. He was just trying to figure things out, you know? It was this, this farm boy who threw on a suit. And just went to go battle. Hey, do you think we'll have another Green Lantern? Or <laughs> well, I I don't know. Did you hear about this? Do you know HBO is doing a streaming service, okay. and they announced a, a Green Lantern TV show. So they said it'll be the most expensive show that they're going to produce, and Wait, it's, is it's by DC the DC involved in this. Yeah, yeah, DC and Greg Berlanti, the guy who does all the, the CW superhero shows, he's involved with it, and then they also announced a, a strange. Tales show, okay, like with Adam Strange and stuff, okay. and uh, so those are two shows that are made HBO Max. I I don't know, I'm kind of leery. After Krypton, I enjoyed. I Krypton. love Krypton. Um, Swamp Thing, you know, it just seems like everybody. My father told me singles and doubles win games. Everybody's trying to hit the home run, but they're not moving the player. To use a baseball analogy, so yeah, you get this, you you hit a home run. And one person, no one's on the base. You're only in the lead by one. But if you have the bases loaded and you hit a home run, 
you could kind of take the lead. You know, I'm just, I'm really disappointed. But I did enjoy the Man of Steel. I thought Henry Cavill did a good. I when they added the extra scenes in the Man of Steel, you kind of understood. Yeah. Things, uh, and also uh, the same thing with Batman versus Superman. But I still didn't like that movie. It sucked. Did you see the director's cut? Um, no, I just saw the pieces that they added. It made sense. I th- I I, th- I really like the director's cut. It makes it feel like a more complete movie. You see Clark being an investigative reporter. He goes to Gotham. He researches the Batman. You find out a little more about Bruce's intention, and it makes it a little more clear that Lex Luthor is kind of the behind-the-scenes guy pushing them together. Of course, there are things with that movie that, you know, I mean, we won't have to get into it, but some things about that movie that people didn't like, I understand that. But I think the 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 ultimate cut really does put things uh, better into perspective. I mean, I, I did see that in terms of when Lois was in and he goes and rescues her and yeah. I get shot. I saw that aspect of it, but I still think that what was weak is the story. I mean, we've had tons of in comic book um, with Batman and Superman end up fighting. The most famous being Frank Miller in The Dark Knight. You know, um, I just think that the story could have been better. I think that's another rush job mm. there because they were again trying to be a DC movie, like a Marvel movie. You know, I, I just think that that was. But I'm sorry. But did you? So I want to. I want to maybe go back to maybe like ten or twelve year old Johnny when you were that. <laughs> when you were that age, did you ever think like now you ever see a Batman vs Superman movie or like? Uh, a, a, cat, a Captain America Civil War movie or anything like that. You no, know what I, I mean? Like, I, I think I, I didn't think it, I would see it to set because when I was a kid, um, I think I was in the third grade. You had Batman, Adam West, so we. I was all excited to see it. Oh, Batman! It came yeah. on. I think um, I want to say no Wednesdays and Thursdays. Stay tuned to the same bat. You know, and I we were into it, and you know, this is the first time that we saw it. But I also had an advantage. My father knows. My mother took me to see the Batman serials. You know, and I remember watching that as a kid. I don't even remember where we went to see it, but I do remember that. And quite interestingly, um, your grandfather bought Tucson. You know, a copy, and I think you might have. But uh, I digress. No, I, I didn't think it was going to be to this degree. Because if you read comic books, you would look like a geek and people would actually try and beat you up, you know. Or you would look at as if you were mentally deficient or mentally less, yeah, mentally capable. What do you think about it now? It's almost like it feels like it's becoming a trend to be a, a, a geek or a comic book reader or a nerd. How do Very you- much so. Um, I had an opportunity, I think you might remember, I worked three back-to-back New York Comic-Cons. And um, I'm going to say, no, I do, I will say with a certainty, I worked 2011, 2012, and 2013. And each year I saw it get bigger. It was always big, but saw a different braid of people. It was like, I'm not into all this pop stuff or this comic book stuff. But it's the thing to do. Mm. Or when you see kids, when they go in, there's not a love for the comic. And the character is like, is this going to be popular and famous? You can't tell. And I don't think those opportunities exist anymore. Yeah. And then you got the digital stuff. So people may not be physically going into stores and buying uh, comic comic books. books, But they're buying them on it. Or 
the graphic novels. When I used to teach, um, I used to use Superman, the Hulk, uh, Spider-Man, buy graphic novels for them to read because it's the same way that you teach them a beginning, a middle, and an end is you could teach them with a comic book. Mm -hmm. So it kind of seems like, I mean, at least what I've noticed, that just in terms of everything, that print is dying. So where do you see the industry going in maybe 15 years? Where, where will comic books be at if you could, if you had to take a guess? I think comic books will always be there. I think print will always be there, but print changes. Mm -hmm. I think print is now digital. People are, but the problem with print is just like a short blurb. It doesn't seem to be much thinking. It'll be, for example, I get this um, um, notice. I subscribe to something. Oh, I can't think. I want to say CBR, comic book, um, comic book resource, and one of those online things. So what happened is they'll give you two articles. They'll give you an article that's complete and writ written. They'll give you an article which kind of provides just a blurb of everything. So instead of reading everything that's contained in the article, you can hit this button and it just gives you the, the points pop out. You know, I just, just think our attention span and what we look for are totally different. I think people don't know how to communicate other than through a phone. And I have 20, well, I'm sorry, I'm not answering the question, but... Uh, <clears throat> Ranting and raving of an old man. No, but yeah, I was I I guess because like I just, everything like you said is on the phone. Everyone communicates through electronic device, and you know, so so people read ebooks, people read comic books online, and of course that hurts the industry of like newspapers, magazines, and of course comic books. So I was thinking, like, I mean, will all those things still be around in They're twenty just years, twenty thirty years? Okay. Look at the times. I mean, I get. Um, every day, a briefing on the times of articles, um, things based on what I'm interested. Of course, I'm interested in impeachment. Uh, of course, I'm interested in the economy. And, you know, every now and then health or technology thing. I'm not big, big technology. Look how long it took me to get on the phone. And That's that was true. why I called Khalid on the phone yeah. and says, Pop, whose phone are you using? But now <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine not having it because I keep my appointment when I go out and visit my clients, I write my notes on them. So it makes it, even though I transpose them on a database, it makes it easy for me and it flows. So look how quickly I, I, I've changed. So, have you, so you've been reading comic books on your phone? I'm yeah, I do. So, okay. I do because um, sometimes I carry comic books. I I carry comic books. Um, what am I reading? On? Oh, I'm reading uh, old stuff. Interestingly enough, The Manhunter, written by Archie Goodwin and Walt Simonson is the drawer. So that's where Paul Kirk comes back and um, they make a clone of him. It was in a, a backstory to detective comic books in the 70s. So they put it all in one book, trade paperback, and was just reading it because it holds up. It's a good story. And it kind of is the bridges, the gap between Laverian and... Um, so if you get a chance, <clears throat> go into your comic book store and ask for Manhunter, the Archie Goodwin and Walter Simonson, <laughs> okay. who's an artist. He drew Thor and some other comic books. Star Jammers, which was, I love comic books. I, I, I think they're fantastic. I think the writers are a hell of a lot better. Um, the art's better, but people aren't into as much as... I if think. you if you sold every single comic book you had, how much money do you think you'd get for it? I don't. Not, uh, I'm a sheer story. There was a time um, 
I had these old 80-page Batman comic books, you know, like volumes one, two, and three, and some Superman um, stuff. So I, I made enough to cover my maintenance plus uh, a cable bill. I mean, you don't look at that because comics aren't as rare as they used to be. Because you uh, uh, back in the day before I was born, you people had to do, during the war, they had to turn over, um, what do you call it? Paper. So a lot of comics got shredded. But now you don't have that problem. You could, you know, it's not as rare. And people aren't reading as much. Mm. Okay. I think, but I, I, I don't listen to me. Okay. All right. Please listen. Well, <laughs> we're running out of time, but I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. Well, I, I thank you for having me. A lot of times, children and parents, you know, they just want their parents leave me alone. And I'm just glad that I have three beautiful kids and, one, you know, my son here. I think they keep me young. They keep me honest. And um, I love my children. Your children love you as well, Johnny. <laughs> and that's a unpaid endorsement. <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, thank you for joining us. Because like I said, uh, your episode was one of our, our highest rated. We've got a lot of good feedback on it. And people, people like hearing you talk, man. Okay. That's what happens. I think they said in, you live long enough to be the villain. Yeah. So I live long enough to kind of be cool. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Cal and this is... Daddy Man Cena. Signing off. Peace. Thank you, guys. Be blessed. Take care.